Hello, this is Brent Leary, and with me today is Pamela Prentice, the Chief Research Officer for SAS. Pamela, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Now, before we jump into the whole personalization versus privacy and, and the study that uh, SAS recently did, uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of your personal background. Sure. Uh, well, I've been fortunate enough to, to be on a number of different sides of the research equation. Um, I was in uh, a research supplier company for a number of years after my education uh, and then went to the, the private sector um, doing research at uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Florida. And then I moved into academics where I was a college professor for a number of years and then was fortunate enough to, to get a job uh, on the software and information technology side here at SAS. And uh, you recently were the lead author for a really cool report. It's called Finding the Right Balance Between Personalization and Privacy uh, that SAS recently did. And uh, maybe you could give us uh, a little bit of the background on the study and even why did SAS uh, want to delve into this area? Sure. Uh, I, that's a good question. Uh, being a software company, one often wonders why why we would undertake a, a consumer, you know, public opinion kind of a piece of research. Uh, and, and the answer is pretty interesting as well. Uh, you know, of course, SAS is in the, in the business of providing analytics to businesses. And uh, in thinking about that um, and, and understanding customers, our notion was that, you know, customers have some perspectives about the information that businesses use, um, that they gather both, you know, from the interactions with them as well as externally through, you know, what we're now calling big data. So our interest was, you know, to try to understand, you know, what the customer's perspective of this whole issue of personalization, and, and that is, you know, providing sort of that one-to-one -one marketing that everybody talks about, and the, the increased notion of, of privacy and concerns about security. Uh, uh, and in doing the research, then, you know, we could draw some conclusions and help our businesses uh, and our customers understand more about what they're, customers might be looking for in those areas. In, a, in essence, that balance that, that we talked about in the, the title of the research. Right. And just to give uh, some ballpark numbers, uh, you had a lot of people <laughs> take the survey. Maybe you can talk a little bit about who took it and how many people took it. Sure. Uh, we had close to 3,000 folks take it. We did, um, I, I won't say a global study because that would suggest that we you know, interviewed people in many, many countries, but we selected uh, seven countries to interview sort of as the representation of the um, of the Americas, um, Europe, and then uh, Asia Pacific. So you know we gathered information from each of those countries. We had the the bulk of our respondents in the U.S. because um, that's where the bulk of our customers are. But um, we we uh, balanced that with with respondents from the U.K., uh, Spain, Portugal, New Zealand, uh, Australia, and Canada. So at a like a, a high level, what were some of the main takeaways that uh, came out of the data, out of the study? And also, uh, when, when it comes to um, what kind of surprised you, if anything, or if there are any trends that you spotted, maybe you could just touch on some of the high-level findings. Sure. Um, I think the biggest surprise was uh, that people are really sort of uh, talking out of both sides of their mouth when it comes to privacy and personalization. Uh, what our, our study found was that 
but uh, customers really want businesses that they do that they that they do business with to understand them. So that's sort of a given that you know they want that personalization. But on the other hand, uh, there's an, an increased concern over security and privacy, and a lot of that is driven by you know things that are happening that the media is reporting on, where there are security breaches, and um, you know the ways in which businesses or government is, is using information. So so there's sort of that dichotomy. You know, the customer wants to to be understood. But their um, the customer still has uh, you know this, this concern over how businesses are going to use their data. Um, another thing that was uh, and this is just a, a, a tiny point inside uh, the data, but probably the the most surprising thing was the customers in in the UK. Um, customers in the UK are more likely, or they say they're more likely, to give. Um, retail entities their personal information than they are to give banks their personal information. So that was that was kind of a an interesting little tidbit. Apparently, there's a lot of distrust among uh, consumers in in the UK uh, of banks. So um, that was yeah, kind of you interesting. Would think that would be the case here too. <laughs> Sometimes we hear. I, you would think exactly. Um, well, does so that, maybe that's more about retail than it says about banking over there. Maybe maybe looking at it from a different lens um, makes that distinction a little interesting. Um, well, let's talk about what what are some of the the key things because I think a lot of companies are are trying to figure out how can they um, uh, get the kind of information they need from customers. Um, what did the survey say about the maybe the the, the things that make customers feel comfortable about giving their their personal information and, and what do they expect in return? Well, customers really, um, you know, there, there are several factors that influence whether somebody wants to give their, their personal information to a business, but the but the key one really is is the level of trust that the company will, will keep their information secure. That's um, hands down the, the number one factor that that we saw in our survey, uh, 63% of our respondents said that you know, that was the, the number one thing um, that drove their willingness to give uh, businesses their information. Uh, and, and then a, a second, not a very close second, but the benefits that they get, uh, the, the free shipping or the special promotions, maybe you know, uh, sales that are just for the people who have signed up, these, these perks that um, are often touted when uh, business wants you to sign up for their loyalty program, or you know, give uh, give them your email. So it's um, very strongly related to the, the level of trust and and how the customer feels about the company's ability to keep their information safe. And then, um, like I said, as as a secondary uh, function, what am I going to get out of it if I'm a customer and I sign up for your for your promotional emails, et cetera? What am I going to get out of it as a benefit? So it really sounds like. Um, it's it's a very rational decision process for for the consumer when it comes to their uh, personal information. You better be able to prove that you can make sure it's safe and secure, and then on top of that, you better offer me a good deal or else why am I going to give you this information? That's what it seems like. Sure, sure. Uh, customers, of course, are looking for something in return. Uh, if they're going to give this up, then, um, you know, they want to see some value. Um What's interesting about this uh, level of trust, and that, that that being the number one factor, is that uh, customers also report not feeling very comfortable 
about the security measures that, that businesses have right now. They don't feel like their policies are very transparent, and they don't feel like they're doing a good job keeping the, the customers up to date on things. So, you know, it's really a, an interesting conundrum all around. Um, in addition to that, you know, of course, people are kind of living out loud on social media, and they've got all this personal information out on Facebook and Twitter and, and all these places um, where businesses can go and mine information. But the customer really kind of draws the line when it comes to using that information without their permission. They want to be informed that the business is going to you know, send them promotions and contact them. You know, one of the things that uh, we had a chance to talk a little before this, but when we look at an example uh, that a particularly small businesses can use uh, as a company that has seemed to kind of walk the line, um, almost sounds like a Johnny Cash song there. But <laughs> <laughs> walk the line very well, as a matter of fact, right? <laughs> they walk the line very well. It's so well that every time you see uh, customer service uh, satisfaction studies or uh, focuses in that area, company that really comes up at the top all the time is Amazon, Amazon.com. And, uh, you know, we talked about it ourselves in our own personal lives that, you know, when you look at it, they have done a great job of being there, but not necessarily being, you know, over or evasive, but they're there when you, when you need them to be there. What kind of lessons can small businesses take out of this in particular, out of this personalization versus privacy and kind of the way that Amazon seems to have walked that line? What are some of the good lessons that companies could take out of that? So um, really interesting, Brent. You know, we, of course, we talked about that last week and, and the, the relationship that, relationships that people have built with Amazon and never having touched or felt uh, a company or business and never having seen an employee of the business. But so many people do have this personal relationship with Amazon, which is, you know, not a brick, <laughs> bricks and mortar. Um, you don't have your favorite salesperson there. But, um, you know, what Amazon really does well is that it understands its customers and it uses the information that, that people um, basically leave behind, if you will, when they log on to Amazon, whether it's through a search or a purchase or, you know, save for later kind of thing, uh, it uses that information to develop this relationship with, with folks that's turned Amazon really into kind of the, the, the first place people turn when they want to um, check prices or check, you know, product descriptions or uh, reviews. So, um, of course, technology drives that because, you know, there's nobody uh, back in the office writing note cards like small businesses used to do, you know, keep note cards on customers and, and write down their purchases um, and, the, and the huge infrastructure that goes with that. But small businesses and small and medium-sized businesses can really uh, capitalize on that, that model by, you know, developing the processes that allow them to understand their customers and create the relevance and value like Amazon does. You know, it's really important to be to be relevant when you communicate with your customers, um, to under, you know, for the business to understand what the customer is looking for. And, of course, you do that by past purchases and, and what customers are asking about and, and provide the value. You know, in Amazon's case, they have grown that value, um, you know, from being the low-cost uh, seller of books to, 
Um, now it's not so much about low cost. As a matter of fact, some of the, the products that Amazon offers, you know, may in fact be a little bit higher priced. But you know, the shipping benefit, the um, the Amazon Prime that you can purchase um, to add on value, you know, the two-day free shipping, et cetera. So looking at um, you know how that translates into a a smaller organization, a small to medium-sized business is, you know, taking that um, customer insight, what your customers are looking for, and one, making sure that they understand that their information is secure. Two, is making sure that you know there's a, a you know permission-based communication going on, and then three, basically um, making sure that you're con- when you're contacting them, it's it's about something of interest to the customer. You know that it's it's a, a relevant and valuable offer. I was just going to say, we've been having a great conversation with Pamela Prentice from SAS. And uh, Pamela, when you uh, kind of peer out a year or two from now, um, do you expect that it will be any easier for a company to uh, create the kind of relationships that will allow their customers and prospects to feel uh, comfortable about or are more comfortable about uh, providing their customer information, or will it just continue to get tougher and tougher as the years go on to to build those kind of relationships to get that kind of information? Uh, well, that's a, a good and a, you know a, a tough question um, from a technology standpoint. Um, you know, while there is um, information. Stored there, you know, there will be challenges to to keeping that information secure, as we all know from you know things that have happened uh, even recently. And um, you know, if customers understand that uh, you know a company has strong policies in place, then you know I think that 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 relationship will will continue to grow. Um, it's it's unfortunate that. You know, occasionally there's a you know, a security breach or something that that makes everybody a little bit wary about providing any type of personal information. But you know, I think um, companies will get better at the, at the security aspect of things. And I think one thing companies need to do over the next you know year, 18 months or so, is is continue to build their uh, communication with their customers about how their data is protected, um, so the customers understand you know what's what's what, what's at risk and and what the company is doing. You know, protect to protect them. Yeah, you you, you make a great point because here we are in the midst of another kind of biggie with Sony, um, and uh, I guess people are you know even the James Bond script may be compromised because of the hack that happened with Sony. But I right. guess it's it's a it's almost like being hacked is is just one of those things that could potentially happen. It's I guess it's how the company responds and the kind of policies they have in place to to address it when it does happen that could impact the the comfort level that customers could have. Right. You know, it's it is a quick response, and then making sure that the the risk on the part of the customer is mitigated. Pamela, where can people learn more and and, and get a chance to go over this report? We uh, we just can't touch on everything. There's so much great information. So where can people go online to, to get a copy for themselves? Um, they can go to sas.com and, and search under personalization, and the, the research report is um, under white papers, and they can find it there. Great. 
Well, we've had a great conversation with Pamela Prentice from SAS. And once again, uh, this, I, this particular subject is one that will be with companies, I think, from here until eternity. And it's going to be interesting how they handle it as things evolve, as technology evolves, as customer expect- expectations evolve. So it's time to address it and to continually address it.